two sisters joined the first female professional baseball league and struggled to help it succeed amidst their own growing rivalry. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is our podcast. Yes. In case you're wondering. I would hope at this point you know what our podcast is about. Unless you're a first time listener. Yeah, I was going to say, you're just assuming. Yeah. We get so many first time listeners. (laughs) That's sarcasm. Yes. Hi, 12 people that listen to us on a regular basis. Yes. We We know who you are. We appreciate all 12 of you. Hopefully 12. (laughs) Yes. Give or take. Yeah. So, how are you? I'm very good. It's it's like I haven't seen you in forever. I would hope you've seen me. We live in the same house. We sleep in the same bed. TMI, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Ruining Our Childhood. And this week, we're doing the 1992 classic, A League of Their Own, which, of course, is another poll winner. Yes. It, it squeaked by, and Ryan's shaking his head right now. He's so angry. I was waiting for you to say, it's another poll winner that was my my choice. That too. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to say that. I will say, it, it was not winning on Facebook. No. And... It really, really won on Instagram and Twitter. So if you guys really want your vo- vote to count, you have to vote on all of the social media. Yeah, because <laughs> I looked and I'm pretty sure I was the only one that voted for Rookie of the Year on Instagram. That's true. <laughs> but then on Facebook, it won. Yeah. So get out there and vote on all the platforms. That's true. I felt bad because I voted for it, too. I vote for in our polls. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> I voted for it on Instagram under our Ruining Our Childhood handle. And then I went on mine and I voted for <laughs> And then I felt bad. So when I was calculating the votes, I did give you an extra vote oh, okay. on Instagram. Yeah, trying to pad the win. votes. Oof. I know. It's, a, it's not an accurate system. It's not. It's, it it's not. not that serious, right? But we still appreciate everybody that takes the time to vote. And if you don't know what we're talking about, head over to our social medias every Wednesday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now you can vote for our next episode. And we do some other stuff on each one of the platforms. Yes. On Facebook, we do some movie trivia. Yes. Fun facts about the movie over on Instagram. Figure Friday. Yeah. That was crazy successful this week. Oh, yeah. I don't know where all those likes came from. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to get people to like things. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of it, too. If I follow somebody on Instagram or like professional comedian or actress or something, I don't always like their stuff. I kind of just scroll, scroll through. Yeah. So I'm not like counting like, oh, we're not that popular because we only got eight likes on this one post. Yeah. But holy crap. Like 300 likes. Three. Yeah. On our Figure Friday this past Friday, which was Troy and Abed from Community. Yes. And I just hashtagged it really well, I think. And we're going to hashtag just as well going forward, because holy crap. I think somebody's figured out like good algorithms 
for making posts successful or viral, but I'm, uh, I don't try to put that much effort into it. I don't think in my life, I've only maybe done 60 Instagram posts, but if you add them all up, there, there's not 300 likes. Yeah. There. Well, I'm, I'm not popular. Aww. But like you said, I'm just as guilty of, I scroll through and mm-hmm. rarely like things. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. And it's, it's sad kinda... because we're on here every week going, hey, like and subscribe to our podcast. And I'm going, ah, I subscribe. <laughs> you always say like, like and review and subscribe like we're doing a YouTube channel too. Yeah. Hit that like button. There is no <laughs> like button. I mean, on some of the, the podcast apps, they do have like sort of like buttons. But fun fact, our podcast is on YouTube. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. We are on YouTube if you guys want to follow us on there. Yeah. Uh, it's just Ruining Our Childhood. And, and you might have to search Ruining Our Childhood podcast because I've tried to search Ruining Our Childhood before in the search bar and it's just a bunch of random videos that come up. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that. It's annoying. There's also, if you go to our Instagram in our link uh, on our bio, at all the places that we're at are in there. Mm-hmm. And also our website. Yeah, go to so, our website too. Ruiningourchildhood.com. I almost said ruining our childhood. I dropped the C. <laughs> anyway, guys. Um, so thank you again for that. And also, did you want to tell them about what we're doing this week as well? Yes. On Friday, for the Runers Club members, yes, we're going to drop our second mini-sode slash bonus-sode drop it drop it and this one was selected by me because i think at this point ashley just feels bad because everything i pick loses but this friday the 1986 classic the motherfucking goonies the goonies the goonies motherfucker is not in the actual steven spielberg did not approve of the mf and the title that was the original title. <laughs> that was the original title. So I'm excited about that. We haven't recorded it yet, but we're recording it tomorrow. Yes. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. It will be done this week. So yeah. Get off our backs. Yeah. Leave me alone, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that. I am very excited. So if you aren't a Runers Club member, all you have to do is go to ruiningourchildhood.com and throw your little email address in the subscription thing there's a thing that says join our fan club join our fan club and you'll get access to it also ashley last week sent everyone a membership card yeah you can print some i want to i want to be able to like print them and send them to people but we're poor we are poor so right now it's just digital Mm -hmm. and it's pretty sweet i think i'm thinking about printing mine and putting it in my wallet okay that'd be pretty sweet laminate it Ooh. There's something I haven't thought about doing in 20 years. Laminating <laughs> it. About I'll have to go to like FedEx. Did you used to have lamination dreams? Yeah. I used to love laminating stuff. Yeah. I used to like in school when you laminate it and you were laminating like an eight and a half by 11, but the laminating machine was four feet wide. Sure. So then you had to cut all of the plastic off of it and it was always warm. Warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're weird. Memories. Um, Our friend that's a teacher is probably going, Yeah. Laminating isn't that fun, guys. I don't know. She probably's like, oh. She probably has a preference on a laminator. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, The Canon laminator is so much better than the Samsung. Uh, I don't know if Samsung makes 
laminators or it's cannon. It's probably really expensive if they did. Oh, yeah. Um, Top of the line. Do you want to head down memory road or take a trip down memory road <laughs> and hit us with some 1992 facts? Yes. Okay. This movie was released on July 1st of 1992. Do you guys remember when we used to release movies during the summer? That was nice. Uh, sad. This movie had a budget of $40 million, but it grossed $132.4 million. Uh, popular TV shows from 1992 were Murphy Brown, Murder, She Wrote, and Coach. The number one song the week the movie came out was I'll Be There by Mariah Carey. Some other popular songs were Sir, Mu- Sir Mix-A-Lot, Baby Got Back, and Vanessa Williams, Save the Best for Last. Uh, popular movies were The Bodyguard, Wayne's World, and Basic Instinct. Nice. Yeah. 92. Good year. Good year. Good year. Are you saying that the Bodyguard soundtrack wasn't on the best music if the movie came out? I do the songs oh, okay, for one. That's but I will tell you the number one song from November 28th, 1992 through March 5th of 1993 was Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Six months, basically. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. You could say that was a popular song. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. I I can I can't breathe. Freaking allergies. So, what is your earliest memory of this movie? I want to say I remember when the movie came out. I didn't see it when it came out, but I remember Madonna was a huge thing and Madonna was in this. <laughs> so. I just like how you said it like it would be like news to me. I don't know if you know this, but Madonna was a huge yeah. thing. Madonna was a thing. And then Madonna acted. Yes. In this. <laughs> so I didn't see it then. Movie kind of left my brain. But when I was a teenager, good friend of the podcast, Brian, decided to sign my birthday card, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Uh-huh. I had no clue what that meant. <laughs> and he was like, you never saw A League of Their Own? I'm like, no. So we watched it. Probably like a couple weeks later, I'm like, this movie is really funny, and I get why he did this. And then I want to say for about the next 10 years of my life, he would sign my birthday card that way to the point, I'm not positive, but there's a possibility our wedding card was signed (laughs) with that. It's possible. So that's a memory right there. That's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel like the only memory I really have from this movie was like watching it with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like when my mom was younger, she was really into softball and baseball and she's really athletic. I don't know how I'm related to her, but <laughs> it's just something we watched together. Mm-hmm. I remember and loving it because it is this this thing that I don't know if I ever really learned about it in like history class that they actually had women playing baseball during World War II. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of things they get taken out of history yeah. Uh, when it's not centered around a certain group of people. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a really well done movie. Obviously, it has Tom Hanks in it mm-hmm. and Gina Davis and amongst other people. Yeah. Um, it was just like a heartwarming movie and it became one of my favorites. And I think it's actually one of the first kind of like historical movies I'd ever seen at a young age and... I kind of got into those like based on true story type of movies because of this movie. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, 
actually completely accurate or not, but it's still an enjoyable movie mm-hmm. um, from what I can remember. And it's been a couple of years since I watched it, so I'm yeah. excited. I know we've definitely watched it together. Yeah. And you bring up a valid point. I don't remember being taught about this in history class, but I do know they were quick to point out during World War II that like Bob Feller and Ted Williams, who were elite baseball players, served the army or right. our, you know served our country during world war ii but they don't mention i feel like this should almost go hand in hand women not just in baseball really like stepped up to the plate yeah and they worked in the fact that part they did you know they yeah worked in the factories and stuff but yeah they should mention this more yeah it's yeah. almost like women are capable of doing the same thing as men what yeah Get out it only of here. took them like 40 more years to be like oh okay and they're still you guys can have jobs. Still fighting for equal pay. Yeah. Because Lord knows our men's soccer team is extremely successful and <laughs> deserves to be paid more than our less successful women's team. Oh, wait. I feel like those are reversed. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so do you think this movie is going to hold up? I think more so than probably any other movie we've done i'm gonna say it there's gonna be some offensive jokes like avoid the clap but it is gonna hold up it's gonna be just a fun fun movie for me i think again and i think we've said this a couple times with you know period pieces that that's always on their side mm-hmm. because you can get away with like i know tom hanks's character says some offensive shit to people yeah but because he is playing a character set in the 40s where you can get away with a lot of shit back then so if anything is more historical historically accurate mm-hmm. is what i was trying to say um so i agree i think out of this is probably like the highest caliber movie we've probably done yeah. if you think about it as far as the cast yes i'm sure somebody's be like well you did this movie but i mean this is tom hanks blowing up and becoming one of the biggest stars in hollywood which he's been for going on 30 years at this point madonna was huge gina davis is still extremely relevant is this pre thelma and louise or i would say this is pre i think it's probably right before or sorry thelma and louise was right before this is what i was trying to say yeah 1991 yeah so she was a huge huge star she might have actually probably been slightly bigger star than tom hanks that's true yeah maybe yeah i don't know without giving too much of the cast rosie o'donnell was on her way up and yeah yeah and then there's gonna be some probably some surprises in there for sure i think so where can you stream it (laughs) i was like (laughs) did we answer whether this was gonna hold up or not you can stream it at a couple different places so imbd has a channel it's imbd tv i think you can get it if you have uh fire connection what? i was just smiling because i was like she said it correct oh i did she didn't go i am bd well i have it right here so maybe that's why it has ads though which are super annoying because they probably are the exact same ads that play every like five minutes also if you have like the showtime subscription or cbs all access it should be on there as well so if not you can rent it or own it like we do <laughs> I always like uh like it's a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. Own it like we do. Yeah. You if you're losers. not cool. Anyway, so we'll go ahead and hit the pause and go watch a league of their own. Okay, bye. 
Okay, and we just finished watching A League of Their Own, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. Love that enthusiasm. And we're going to go ahead and kick it off with our first category, Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and there was a bunch. There was a whole lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. Who was the first one you noticed? The first one was literally just in pictures, Mm -hmm. and I kind of forgot he played Dottie, who is Gina Davis. We'll just get that out of the way, because you should remember that Gina Davis is in this movie. Yes. The actor that plays her husband is Bill Pullman, Mm -hmm. and he obviously has been in a whole lot of stuff, but he was in one of our movies that we've done for this podcast, Casper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first one. He was just in pictures. Uh, At the beginning of the movie, if you've never seen the movie, it's an older version of Gina Davis packing up to go to the opening of the... Exhibit at at Cooperstown. Yeah. Yeah. Who did you have? Uh, For me, the first one I had was Gary Marshall, and he played Walter Harvey, which I looked up, and he's essentially... Uh, I can't remember the person's name, but uh, the person that Wrigley Field's named after. Uh, oh, something Wrigley. Something Wrigley, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up. William Wrigley. And that is the person you would expect when you hear Wrigley is the chewing gum person. Uh, <laughs> the he, chewing gum person? Which um, this movie, like we talked about, it's based around a female baseball league. And he created the female baseball league. Yes. So he was based on a real person. I wonder why they couldn't, maybe they couldn't get the rights to use his name. It was the same thing with it being Wrigley Field, and they didn't refer to it as Wrigley Field in the movie. Yeah, they said it, they said something else. Yeah. I can't remember what they said, but the next person I had was uh, Kit, which mm-hmm. is Doris's little sister, is mm-hmm. played by Lori Petty. And I remembered that she was in this movie, but I just wanted to go over a couple of the people that maybe other people haven't remembered, but Mm -hmm. she was most notably in Tank Girl, and more recently, Orange is the New Black as Lolly. Probably one of the more heartbreaking stories. Yeah. I feel like. She was definitely probably my favorite character they introduced kind of halfway through. Yeah, for sure. Definitely loved her. She was awesome. Who is your next one? My next one played Ira Lowenstein, Mm -hmm. who uh, helped create the league as well. And it was David Stratham plays him. Uh, The big thing I remember him from is all the Born Identities. And he played Edward R. Murrow in the Good Night and Good Luck movie. Was he in Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even? Possibly. I'll just take a quick break to check that. (laughs) Yes, he was. Okay, he played um, her stepdad, Hilary Wolf, whoever her character's name was. Okay. I've seen that movie a whole bunch, and I'd love to do it for the podcast. I've seen that movie once. <laughs> it's got one of my favorite people of all time. Team. All team. team. That one guy from the birdcage. No, <laughs> Jenny Lewis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I crack myself up. My next one. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> Who are we? Uh, John Lovitz plays mm-hmm. Ernie... Cappadino, the mm-hmm. baseball scout. And I did read a little bit of trivia that his part was supposed to be a lot bigger, but they decided to cut it down 
I don't know. From the way the trivia was written, it sounded like an initial screening. People loved his character so much because he is mostly just in the beginning there. Yeah. And he's so quippy and he makes the worst insults. Like, funny. Yeah. But I think maybe he stole some scenes, maybe. So they cut it down because it's like, it's not about you, Ernie. John Lovitz. Really? Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed him, but I didn't think he was stealing any scenes but i could imagine there was maybe more focus on him scouting some of the females for the league whereas it just shows him scout basically two people yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so i get it he made a lot of jokes yeah with the time that he had i will say that but i know you're not a huge fan of john lovitz i'm not and i think part of it is i didn't grow up with him on saturday night live like uh-huh. he was a little bit before my time i've seen a lot of the episodes because of uh, comedy central reruns yeah so he kind of maybe i would have some admiration for him more if he was with will ferrell and that cast i liked him in what was the animated series that he the critic was? yes i when i was a kid i loved that mm-hmm. it probably went over my head a lot but i still thought it was hilarious i don't think i ever saw an episode oh. of it <laughs> we've established your childhood not that great no, oh. Oh. why do you think it's called ruining our childhood am i right <laughs> it was already ruined <laughs> uh, no i'm just kidding uh what was your next one my next one was another one of, it was kind of the second player they showed him recruiting for the league which was marla yeah and her name, uh, the actress that plays her is Meg Cavanaugh. The big thing I remember her from was an episode of Friends. Yeah, she was, wasn't she like the animal yes. control person? Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I recognized her from was Robin Hood Men in Tights. She played Broomhilda, I think was her name. And she was like Maid Marian's lady-in-waiting, I guess. Okay. And she'd always yell at her. And I think she had like a German accent. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. <laughs> I kept thinking she looked like Lauren Ash. She, I could see that. But Obviously, a lot older than Lauren yeah, Ash from Lauren Superstore. Lauren Ash was probably like eight when this movie was made. Yeah, so yeah, for sure, couldn't be her. But yeah, but yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about her character later. Okay. My next one was, of course, we mentioned Madonna was in this movie. Mm-hmm. She played all the way May. Yes. And if you didn't know, her character is slutty. Yeah. But Hence in a the, good way. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny to me because I remember her character vividly and being like, she's so slutty, but she owns up to it. She embraces it. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever really like, they make jokes about her, but they don't really ever make her feel bad. Yeah. They just accept her for who she is. No. And you know what? We're all slutty. Let's be honest. It's 2020. Let's all just be sluts. And, and we, we hope you people know who Madonna is. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I'm like, she's been in stuff. It amazes me because I remember, what was the movie she did with Guy Ritchie? Swept Away. Yeah. I remember people always saying like, she's a horrible actress, but she's actually really good in this. She was really good. And I want to say she won a Golden Globe for Evita. Yeah. I think when you kind of get an ego, mm-hmm. maybe that's, maybe that was a horribly written movie for all I know. Probably. An yeah. actor can only do so much, but... Yeah, but yeah, no, she and was very good in Desperately Seeking Susan, I always liked her in. Never saw it. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah. Who is your next one? Uh, my next one was Rosie O'Donnell, who yes. played Doris. I We, we kind of talked about it briefly. Always was a fan of mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell. I religiously watched her talk show yes. when I was 12 and 13 years old. I had the Koosh 
uh, ball launcher and everything. But yeah, I love Rosie O'Donnell. We've done Now and Then, which she's in. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a huge part, obviously, because they play the older versions of the girls. She was always one of my favorite parts of this movie. Mm -hmm. Because her and Madonna are like this comedic relief. Well, one, because I feel like there's a lot of different characters and they all have their little quirks. Yeah. And I do remember from their talk show, like in real life, they're really good friends. And they kind of, I think, met through this movie. Oh. So it was kind of funny that like kind of are real life versions of themselves. Yeah. Who was your next one? My next one was Anne Cusack Mm -hmm. plays Shirley Baker. And Anne Cusack is in a bunch of stuff. I forgot to look up some titles that she's been in, but she plays, she's like a character actress, Mm -hmm. but she's related to John Cusack and Joan Cusack. But I can't remember what she's been in. (laughs) She's been in so many things. Is that's their sister? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't. Sure, I knew she was related, but I'm, I didn't know if it was a cousin or no, you know sister. what. But it definitely she definitely looks like Joan Cusack a little, so yeah, I could see for sure. and a little bit of John Cusack to be she honest. She was in Gross Point Blank, so I hear there might be another Cusack in there. There's movie. actually two. Oh, because Joan plays his secretary. Oh, so which which sister do you like better? Apparently, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. the one that got a bigger part, maybe. <laughs> Just starting shit between. Um, But she's been in a bunch of TV shows. Grace Anatomy, Scandal, One Tree Hill, Charmed. Oh, wow. So many things. Yeah, a bunch of things. Better Call Saul. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot to look her Because I was just like, she's Ann Cusack. Yeah. She's a Cusack. Yeah. And someone in this podcast is a huge fan of John Cusack. Me. Rupert. (laughs) (laughs) Rupert. No, I am. I am. Yes, you you love yourself from John John Cusack. What's who's your next one? My next one was Anne Ramsey, mm-hmm. who played mm-hmm. Helen Haley. And the big thing I remember Anne Ramsey from was playing Helen Hunt's sister on Mad About You. Yeah, for sure. I, I for the life of me cannot think of her first name on the show. I know Helen Hunt was Jamie, but yeah, she played remember. the sister. But yeah, yeah, she did. Um, another random, like very very small part. I think she had a one line uh, towards the end was mm-hmm. uh, Tia Leone, mm-hmm. and she uh, is part of the team of the Racine Bells. Yes, which is a spoiler alert at the end of the movie. The World Series is between the Rockford Peaches, right, mm-hmm. and the Racine Bells. That is correct. Tia Leone's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys. Yep. Somebody's Deep being a bad boy right now because <laughs> they're working. Zing. Uh, was in Deep Impact. Yes. And I want to say she had a TV show fairly recently. Oh, yeah. Madam Secretary. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Just ended this year, maybe? I don't know. Sounds right. Don't quote me on that. Actually, I think it's still on. Oh. (laughs) So. (laughs) So Uh, literally, don't quote her. No. I mean, we should probably say that Tom Hanks plays Jimmy Dugan, which we already mentioned. Yes. He's done things in Hollywood. <laughs> there are awards named after him. Yes, including one on our podcast. Correct. Who is your next one? My next one, and I honestly wouldn't have recognized it had we not paused it. And, oh, fun fact, guys, we thought we owned this movie and we didn't. <laughs> so we had to rent it. Through, we do, I swear. We had to rent it through Amazon Prime. And when you pause stuff on Prime, 
it will tell you who's on screen right. at that moment. I did not realize it was a person doing a voiceover for like a newsreel footage mm-hmm. about the league. And it was Harry Shearer doing the news reporter voice. Yeah. And Harry Shearer was on Saturday Night Live in the 80s and is probably most famous for just doing a bunch of voices for The Simpsons. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I would not have known it. Mm -mm. My next one was Tracy Reiner. Uh Uh-huh. Plays Betty Horn, which if you guys don't remember, had the most devastating part of the movie when she gets a letter that her husband died. Yes. In battle. Yes. And it made me cry again. Old Betty Spaghetti. Yeah. Um, but she's Penny Marshall's daughter, Rob Reiner's stepdaughter. Yes. And she was in Die Hard. So we talked about her. Mm-hmm. She had a very brief cameo in Die Hard. She was part of the news team or something yeah. like that. Yes. And was in uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Directed by her stepfather. Yeah. My next one was Joey Slotnick who played a bar patron. I don't think he actually has a name, but he was a big fan of Rosie O'Donnell's character, Doris. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's listed as Doris fan number two. Ooh. Because she had two fans, mm-hmm. him and his buddy. Yeah. And Joey Slotnick, wa- he played Steve Wozniak in the Pirates of Silicon Valley. And I remember him being in Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes. But the big thing I remember him from was, do you remember when Craig Kilborn had a late night talk show? Yes. He, for some reason, one week was like promoting that Joey Slotnick was going to have a walk-on role on his show. So all week he was like, when's Joey Slotnick going to drop by? And he literally just walked out there and was like, hey, how's it going? And walked (laughs) off. And they acted, you know, the way they built it up was like, it was like Brad Pitt was coming right. up, but it was Joey Slotnick. Did you have something about your Facebook or MySpace that had something with Joey Slotnick in it? Yes, that was my MySpace page. <laughs> yeah, good friend. I think it was maybe like friends or something like that. I claimed Joey Slotnick was my friend or something. It was uh, my MySpace page. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think the only person that got that joke was my friend Daniel. Yeah. Because we were watched craig kilborn religiously that year i always remember that because i i mean he looks familiar Mm -hmm. i i know who he is now but he would have looked familiar because i've seen this movie so much but i remember like asking i was like who's joey slotnick (laughs) this is an impression of me at 18 when we first met yeah oh god bringing up myspace pages (laughs) damn i forgot about that you have a good memory i know sometimes Uh, yeah (laughs) But then I can't remember what I had for breakfast (laughs) some days, so. Good thing you remember I claimed Joey Slotnick as a friend or something. I don't even know what it was. Uh, um, My next one was Biddy, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Scram. Mm -hmm. She plays Evelyn, who is the player that has to bring her annoying little chubby son on the Mm -hmm. road with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she was uh, most famously the, basically the sidekick of Monk. Oh. In, in the show Monk. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, I didn't watch it a lot, but I do remember her being in it because I remember seeing her and going, that's the lady from The League of Their Own. So. And that's another show I never watched. Yeah. I just know it's got uh, the Shaloobs. Yeah, Tony Shaloob. Midge. Midge's, Midge's dad. dad. Yeah. From uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. He's good in that. Yeah. No, he's really good. Did you have anybody else? I did. I had uh, like two more. 
Okay. Uh, my next one was David Lander, uh-huh. who played the PA announcer at the baseball games. Yeah. Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yes. yes. I was like, he looks familiar. And mm-hmm. he kept making like direct eye contact with the camera a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And when I was a kid, that that's one of my earliest TV memories. Was yeah. I watched a lot of Laverne and Shirley. I watched it occasionally. It was on Nick at Night, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It might have been, but I I was I don't know what channel they were showing reruns when I was four. Yeah, you know, I'd watch it before preschool or something. But I I watched it a lot. My last one I'll I'll do Alan Wilder, mm-hmm. who plays Nelson, who ends up being Marla Hooch's boyfriend slash husband. Mm-hmm. And you actually noticed who he was. You're like he looks like the ticket agent in Home Alone. Yes, and he is. Yes, the ticket agent from the Scranton airport airport Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the airport where she meets john candy okay Mm -hmm. yeah and gus belinsky yeah i might have watched home home alone about 900 times you know it's funny i was looking up some history of the all-american girls baseball league Uh uh-huh and one of the towns is i want to say scranton no oh oh man where did i kenosha Oh, the Kenosha Kickers. Yeah, which, yeah, <laughs> ah. which reminded me of Home Alone. But yeah, there was Kenosha Comets. Oh. Yeah. They should have been the Kickers. Yeah. They shouldn't know that joke in yes. 1943. Yes. Or maybe John Hughes should have known and called, named the band after the, the Comets. Yeah. And called them the Kenosha Comets. Well, as we'll learn later, they like to forget this part of history. Yeah. We kind of mentioned in the beginning. Very true. Uh, I did see that Wikipedia under their history of baseball, it does link to the women's uh, baseball league. So nice. they, they recognize it. Now. Yes, now. Did you have anybody else? Yeah, my last one was Janet Jones, who played a pitcher for the Racine oh. Bells. And big thing that I know her from is she was she is Wayne Gretzky's wife. And yeah. they were involved in a betting scandal out here. Oh. Yeah, because okay. uh, he was he was the coach, the coach of yeah. our hockey team. And the current coach of our hockey team's name is Rick Tockett. And he was an assistant coach. And they had, like, there was, they weren't sure. They think she was placing bets for him. Oh. But they never had proof that that's what she was doing. She said it was for her. She was a better in sports sure so that's that's yeah. a little shady yeah to say the least further proof that wayne gretzky did nothing good for our hockey team <laughs> out here our team uh, was bad we were in scandals and they almost went bankrupt good job right yes do you want to move on yes the next category is called kids would call it a throwback we call it the prime of our teens or the prime of World War II, <laughs> uh, where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, or dated references. And I didn't write down anything for the fashion because it was just your run-of-the-mill 1940s fashion. Yeah. Except I if, I don't know if you want to talk about the, the uniforms yes. at all. I thought it was interesting. They introduced these outfits, and you can tell they want to attract a male audience right. and get basically horny males. 
So they're going to have them play in skirts. Yeah. Which I told you, I remember playing just softball in shorts as an adult. And you slide and you just destroy your legs. Right. Like, it's such a bad idea. I don't know if they thought, like, well, it's girls playing, so they're not going to be sliding. Or maybe they didn't even think they were going to have a lot of effort. Yeah. But then they went and got all these women that were really into baseball. Yeah. And were used to sliding and doing everything that in a normal baseball game you would do. So they didn't they didn't go the way of that lingerie football league that was around. It is the forties. They were a little modest. But I'm my thing is is uh, when they were recruiting uh, Marla, she wasn't pretty enough. Oh yeah. So then if you wanted pretty people, go get models to go play. Yeah. You know? There wasn't a lot of models back then, I guess. Probably not, but I'm like, they had that emphasis on let's have them wear, sec- you know, have them wear skirts, but... Well, because if you think about it, in that time, women only had so much going for them in the sense of their value, mm-hmm. and looks was a big part of their value. So I think their thought process, I don't know if this is historically accurate or if it's just for the movie, but their thought process is we need to get beautiful women because why would men want to go watch ugly women even if they're really good yeah and of course they really play that marla hooch is a disgusting beast and i look at her and go yeah she's not gina davis but she doesn't have eight eyes yeah no she's perfectly normal looking yeah exactly but they make her look a little schlubby they make her like slouch down and she's not a size two Mm -hmm. so but they they do make that joke several times yeah that I'm just like, okay, it's not even believable in the movie that she that people would be so like, <gasps> like yeah. you should have added an extra eye if you're gonna <laughs> make people gasp at the side of her. Give her a third eye, damn it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with three eyes, by the way. No, if you have three, more power to you. Yeah. Just means you have better eyesight than the rest of us. <laughs> Probably I don't Probably. know. Maybe it would affect it even worse. That that could be I don't know the science of having three eyes. No. The only other thing I had was the men, it seemed like every one of them had a fedora on. But like you said, that's what the times were. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought they did pretty good with the... Yeah. The wardrobe was really well done. High, Higher-waisted pants on women. It was kind of funny at the end when they go to Cooperstown, and it was just kind of in the background. They open up the exhibit about women's baseball, and there's people in the background, like, riding an escalator. Uh-huh. And they had some, like, crappy 1992 jeans and ugly. Yeah. But it, was, it was totally in the background. That was kind of the one thing that dated the movie a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because you, you expect it for the yeah, 40s. Exactly. And plus, I feel like everything in the 40s and the 30s, there's, it's so elegant looking. Mm-hmm. And even when men were going to the baseball games, they dressed really nice, it seemed like. Yeah. I have books about uh, baseball stadiums, and they'll show you pictures of the old stadiums from around this time. And you see the people in the stands, and they're in dress shirts and ties and yeah. stuff. And like, hey, It was an event. You what? dressed for an event. Yeah. I always think of that Family Guy Star Wars movie where Quagmire is playing c-3po yeah and they're gonna fly in the millennium falcon and he's wearing a suit and they're like why are you wearing a suit and he's like some people still view flying as an event yeah (laughs) i love that it always Uh, cracked me up 
Do you want to move on to offensive jokes or dated references? Yes. Uh, I already talked about the Marla, the not pretty mm-hmm. gag. Uh, what did you have? Uh, for a dated reference, I kind of mentioned um, earlier about some of the athletes that went over to war. And I was surprised that they mentioned them in the movie. They mentioned yeah. Ted Williams. They mentioned Joe DiMaggio. And they mentioned Bob Feller, yeah. who was a Cleveland Indian. Yeah, I'm wearing a Cleveland Indian shirt right now. Yeah. Because my dad always would point out to me, when you look at stats, people never talk about the fact that those guys specifically lost four years of their baseball playing career in their prime because they went and served their country. Yeah. Yeah. They should have just got like automatic like 10 home runs a year. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what an average is on a year. Because he always would point out, he's like, you know, Ted Williams would have broke all the hit records because he was just a phenomenal player and he lost probably a thousand hits yeah yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. towards the beginning of the movie they have a a woman i don't know what her name was but it was like a radio opinion piece mm-hmm. about how women are becoming too masculine which was funny because i'm sure that was a real thing that was happening yes and she's like what kind of girls are our boys coming home to because they're letting women play baseball yeah and it's just funny to me that that was our major concern at the time was giving women a little too much freedom Yeah, was going to somehow turn them into, I don't know, men, I guess, was their fear? I guess. Or is it just the fear that women don't need men at all? I don't know. Yeah. I th- definitely picked up on that. I'm like, yep, yeah, that, that seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, Just when they were riding the bus and... <laughs> Jimmy was obviously an alcoholic. Right. And he looks over and says to Miss Cuthbert. Yes. Who is kind of their chaperone. <laughs> and he just looks at her and he's like, I loved you in Wizard of Oz, by the way. Yeah. And I was looking at him like, she definitely looks like the witch. <laughs> yeah, she looks like, I, I don't know what the character's name is. That... Oh, when she's like riding the bike yeah. in the movie. But and not... she hates Dorothy. Yeah. She looks just like her. Yeah, she does. So I just kind of cracked up at that when I was going like, well played. And at the time, that was probably a very topical zing that he hit her with. That movie was only about 10 years old, maybe. A little less than that. Yeah. He said some slightly offensive things. Obviously, he didn't even think like women playing baseball was like a thing. Mm -hmm. And he was really only in it for the money. Yes. But at one point, when he starts kind of getting into it, into actually coaching and not just passing out on the bench. Mm-hmm. He tells Dottie to stop thinking with your tits. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. Uh, because I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But honestly, that was not... There wasn't tons of offensive things. No. Uh, it, w- it was well done in that aspect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Except for the, you know, Marla's really ugly. Let's make sure you know she's really ugly. Oh, she got married. How magical. How magical. Did you have anything else? I did not, no. Oh. For a movie set in the 40s, there wasn't a ton of dated references. No. Not even, like, mentions of things. Yeah. Just which... when, like, they go to, like, a bar and they're playing some swing music. Yeah. And Madonna was swinging her ass off. They were throwing her around. Yeah. She was doing a just crazy good job. Yeah. And the other thing, I, I did love all the old cars. Yes. Like, it was, that was kind of neat. I was like that style of, like, 1940s car. Yeah. And yeah. I liked in the train that, in the cabin that Ernie was riding in, mm-hmm. had, like, legit 
recliners yeah real nice chairs yeah i've never been on a train ride me either like the closest thing i've been to a train is the one at disney world yeah yeah same or a bus let's just go on a train i could do it yeah go on a train ride someplace that'd be fun i've always wanted to go to the one uh i know it's probably designed for children but the one up north in arizona at the grand canyon yeah where they around christmas and you have hot chocolate and it's like polar express yeah it could be us and a bunch of little children screw it we're kids at heart damn it do you want to move on yes Our next category, uh, we're going to go ahead and keep it down because our dad's listening to the radio (laughs) and talk about some technology. That's definitely, I think, the one thing I noticed was their dad was listening to the radio. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is before TV was a thing in every household. Yeah. And the lady obviously doing the radio show Mm -hmm. about women's etiquette. That was about it. I, I did like how the microphones had the call letters for the radio station yeah, over like, the top of mm-hmm. them, which makes me think of everything I've ever seen from the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> when the mom said to Kit and Dottie to keep it down, I thought of um, Carousel of Progress at Disney. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure there's one of the sections that's probably based right around this time. And it's like a farmhouse scene, too, yeah. I want to say. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. Well done. Did everybody in the 40s live in on a farm? (laughs) (laughs) They might have. No, I mean, there were cities. I mean, there were cities, but I'm thinking that's when farms were big, you know? That's true. They're not not quite what they were. No. The only thing I really had in this category was the score was by Hans Zimmer. Mm -hmm. He composed the score, and it really just got me. Yes. I've seen this movie a lot, and that every time I see a movie that I know I saw a lot as a kid... The music, the musical score takes me back mm-hmm. as if I was watching it when I was, you know, eight. Yeah. I looked over and you were tearing up at the end and <laughs> it was the music that did it for you. It wasn't Dottie it's and Kit Reconcile. Yeah. Which is a real song, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that on their uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. They had like a theme song. Yeah. And then Madonna I... did a song for the soundtrack. Yeah. Which, you know, also emotional i was gonna say because i thought she said like they're gonna play the crappy madonna song now but you were like the damn madonna song because <laughs> that gets you as well and i was like oh okay i was like that was kind of mean of you to say no i was like this used to be my playground <laughs> isn't that the song i think so oh, okay. <laughs> uh anyway my hmm. emotions my emotions <laughs> did you have anything else i did not Okay, well, we can move on. Yes. To the next category, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and plot holes, as well as our funniest and cringiest parts of the movie. What did you think about the plot? I think, and I could be wrong, very believable. Very believable. Very believable. Some might even say based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Plot was good. Yeah. It's good to learn about stuff like this because they kind of gross, uh, not gross, <laughs> gloss. They kind of gloss over a lot of stuff like this in history class because they only can teach you to- so much. But you kind of learn about Rosie the Riveter and women working in factories, but they didn't teach you about any of this stuff. No. Uh, especially in the 40s. Yeah. Like, I think they did, like we mentioned earlier, 
in the beginning of the podcast, like they, they do mention how the w- women were working in factories. They were taking over a lot of the jobs mm-hmm. to help the country. And they do mention that in this movie quite a yeah. bit. And even when they were talking about like, what what's going to happen to the women? I think it's like, if you gave women that freedom, like you can't take it away. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was very interesting. Like that was Gary Marshall's plan. Yeah. It was... Well, the men are coming home, so we don't need the we don't baseball. need this league anymore. Yeah. Wrap it up, which is crazy to me. And I'd almost if we can just segue into plot holes. Mm-hmm. I counted that as a plot hole, even though they do end up funding it for a good ten, eleven years. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, but the fact that if they did want to cancel it because it's a way to make money. Yeah, and you could still have the men's league and the women's league, but it is it like more of a concept of like. We don't want to give women this much freedom. I don't know. I don't know if it was that or I, I agree with you. I didn't understand the logic and this has been successful. Yeah. People are enjoying it. So now when they come back, we just assume they're going to go right back to watching only Major League Baseball and that's it. There's yeah. no, you know, there's a gas station on every corner. You can have more than one. Yeah, that's true. It's, I thought that was interesting. I did read though, because in the movie... Uh, at the beginning of the season, they struggle to get crowds. But mm-hmm. I, I was reading in the trivia that that wasn't actually the case. It was very successful from the start. Um, they just kind of did that as like a movie plot point. Like we need to struggle a little before we Become and think right. of like ploys to do like Dottie did a split to yes. catch a ball, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And, um, you know, they did other things to attract. If you crowds. catch a foul ball, you got a kiss. Yeah. Which they might have actually done some of those promotions, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it's kind of shady that you would go the take some liberties with our story. Well, they do that with every movie oh, that's based on a true story, so that's why they always have to tell you it's based, yeah, because we're gonna take some liberties on this well, because, story. Well, let's be honest, real life is not as interesting usually, the stories aren't as great, or they're just kind of boring. Yeah, no, I get it, and but, it, it's Hollywoodized, yeah, you gotta spice it up. Do I think the person that Gina Davis's character is based on is looks like Gina Davis? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Did you have anything else on like plot holes or? I, I did not. I was. I think when it's the period pieces, it's it seems like they're just better written. Well, this movie specifically is yeah. better written than some of the other movies that we've yes. watched for this podcast. Yes. The only thing I had, which. It just kind of irked me because I feel like they wouldn't do this in real life. And was at that scene, we kind of just talked about it. Uh, Betty Spaghetti finds out her husband died. The Not the delivery guy, the... Um, telegraph. Tele- telegram guy. Yeah. Was so like nonchalantly going, I hate these. Having to tell somebody their husband's dead. In a room full of women who half their husbands are at war. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to nonchalantly say that. And I know... It was probably written that way because just in case you weren't aware that that's how they told women their loved ones were dead. Yeah. But I still was like, that's so unnatural. Who would say that in front of a room full of women? I actually don't doubt that it happened because I remember uh, when I was in ROTC, our first sergeant, he talked about his brother had gone off to serve in Vietnam Uh and the military came to his house on five different occasions and told him and his mother 
that his brother had died. Like they didn't get the memo that they already got the memo? No, they came by five different times and told them incorrectly oh my that their God. son had died. And he, he told us, he goes, fun fact, you guys will meet my brother this year. He's very much still alive. Oh, wow. He's like, it got to the point. He goes, the one time I chased the guy off the off our property. And I was like, no, you're effing liar. He didn't die. That's... You guys have done this how many times? So I'm like, I don't doubt that there's poor communications. You have people that are become numb to what they're doing. That's true. Like it's messed up. The way they do it in the movie, he walks in and he's like, oh, I forgot the name. I'll be back. Yeah, so you guys have fun playing this game while all of you think maybe your husbands are dead. Yeah, so shitty. Changing the tone a little. What was your funniest liner moment? There was a couple really good ones. Yeah. uh, But I liked kind of at the beginning of the movie where Dottie and Kit are talking to each other. Kit was kind of talking about how she's living in her sister's shadow and she's not as good and she was like you know when dad will be like this is our daughter dottie and this is our other daughter dottie's sister (laughs) (laughs) so i just that cracked me up i always thought that plot point was uh relatable yeah because there was a point in my life where i wasn't very athletic and my brother was seemed to be good at everything Mm -hmm. that he touched and i just always felt like my parents were like why can't you be like brandon why can't you like sports more and i actually we were talking about it earlier in the week and i said that to you but i go you know both of my brothers were pretty good athletes yeah they were both better baseball players than me both better basketball players than me it wasn't until i was like well i'm fast that's what i have going for me but yeah so i i got that as well not that my parents never said it to me like you need to be like your brothers no i don't think my parents said it directly no but, I, I, you know, it's just we were different. I was more artistic than they yeah, are. And, but they were, like I said, definitely both better athletes than I was. My brother was really artistic, too. He just, I felt like he could have, you could have developed it more, you know? Yeah. You know, Brandon, you could have developed it more. <laughs> you're good at writing. You're good at drawing. Your brother is a bit of a freak of nature in the sense, like, yeah, he's, because he'll just write us the nicest cards. Yeah. And stuff. Like, he, he's a unique soul. Yeah. Um, and freakishly fast. He is freakishly I do remember challenging him to a race and immediately regretting it. (laughs) You got a hernia. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, there was that one. Oh, were you guys running down the hill? Yeah, no, I was just thinking about when I raced him out here and I was like, I'm still fast. And I looked behind me and he was right behind me. Yeah. This was a mistake. (laughs) Good thing you guys weren't playing tackle football or anything like that. My funniest moment was when... They find out they're all on the team. They're all sitting down on the field. And it was, uh, what was his name? Who was the head of the team stuff? Ira. Mm-hmm. I almost said Ernie. I'm like, that's not right. Ira, you know, is telling him, like, can't drink, can't smoke, can't hang around men. You have to take edit classes. Yeah. And May, Madonna's character, starts to get up. She's like, nope. And... Doris pulls her down. <laughs> She's like, nope, not going to do it. That's all the things I like. And it was just a funny part. Nope. And I do like when Doris, they're on the bus and Doris is sharing a picture with some of the girls of her her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is the picture out of, like, is it out of focus? She's like, nope, he's just ugly. And they're like, well, it's not about looks. She's like, nope, he also treats me bad and <laughs> all this stuff. Uh, oh, God. It was just funny. Uh. What was your cringiest liner moment? It just kind of goes with 
parents at Little League games. And in this, it kind of transitions to a reporter yelling at Kit at the very beginning of the movie because she swung at high pitches. Yeah. And I always was like, it's the... Clearly, we know what we're talking about. I'm like, you're a reporter. There's a reason that's what you do for a living. Don't and, sit there and act like you know better than her. Yeah. She's swinging at some high pitches. Get the fuck over it. it. It's And then it's got that added element of like, these are women. What do they know? Exactly. But. And again, you're a reporter, sir. <laughs> if you were good, you would be playing baseball. That's true. Yeah. Um, mine was just something that Ernie, John Lovett's character, said. When he dropped them off at the field, at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. He's like, I gotta go give my wife a little pickle tickle. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That's... so gross. I was like, no. Like, <laughs> a little pickle tickle. As much as I crap on John Levitz to you, he was really good in this No, yeah. yeah. He, he said really some was. funny, funny yeah. things. Yeah. Did you want to talk about anything else? I just wanted to mention, I said it to you. I thought it was impressive they had... They were in Wrigley Field, so this is a legit Major League Baseball diamond. Right. And it was clearly in the middle of baseball season because the ivy was green on the outfield wall. And if you ever watch a game in April, it's all dead. Right. So I know it was probably the Cubs were on like an away trip. So it's the middle of the season. It's not like they redid the field and made it smaller. And Gina Davis throws the ball from home plate to second base like it was nothing. Yeah. And that's a fucking throw and a half. Yeah. Like as an adult. And I was just impressed with, it seemed like they made an effort to at least familiarize the people, the women, with baseball. And they could all throw, hit Madonna's diving head first. And I don't mean it so much for the fact that they're women. I mean it is, go watch Major League. And outside of Charlie Sheen, I don't think any of those guys know how to play baseball. Like, they all look very unnatural throwing which I'm like, that's kind of a testament to Penny Marshall and the people that made this movie. I was like, let's actually well, make it look good. I was reading that she actually required people. They'd only hired people that knew how to play baseball. Nice. Uh, Lori Petty actually paid, played like baseball when she was a kid mm-hmm. on a boys team. Nice. And Rosie O'Donnell and her could both. I think they said they could hit hit the length of the field. Nice. Um, and the only person they said that, that didn't really know how to play baseball and had to pick it up quickly was Gina Davis because she was actually a last minute addition to the cast. I did read that they wanted Demi Moore. Uh, I read that it was originally cast, uh, for Deborah Winger. Oh. And even Brooke Shields was offered the role at first. Oh, wow. Um, but Deborah Winger was actually signed to do it but then she had to bail last minute oh okay and gina davis got it so yeah yeah i was i was just blown away i'm like you guys are making catches and everything and like that's my not so much a knock on hey look it's women and they can play baseball it's more or less go watch any like compared yeah go watch any other baseball movie and tell me about these actors yeah we've already knocked people's running ability (laughs) imagine when you tell them go throw a baseball yeah (laughs) I don't know if I had anything else. Oh, I, I did like the part where obviously we pointed out that Jimmy was an alcoholic and he talking to Gina Davis's character, Dottie, <laughs> on the bus. And he's like, it's time for a drink. And she's like, here you go. And he's like, this is not a good mixer. It was She gave him a Coca-Cola bottle. Mm-hmm. And he and she's just like, just drink it, basically. And he opens it and he looks at it like it's poison. <laughs> and then he takes a swig. But 
it was just funny because the way he was looking at it, I was like, it's just a soda, man. But he's so used to being like, where's my booze? Where's my booze? Yeah. And it definitely, the implication was that she in turn helped, helped him, him with yeah. this. Because, yeah, like his passion for coaching instantly improves. Yeah. yeah. Takes over. Yeah. He's a, he's a broken man. He, he really is. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. As always, it is award season here on Ruining Our Childhood. We give out two awards every week. The first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? In a movie like this, it's really hard. There's a larger cast than some of our other movies. Mm-hmm. But I thought everybody did a really good job. I, I gave it to this person just because in the group of women, they focus on the Rockford Peaches mm-hmm. team and the ones that actually had like names because there's some random extras in there. Yeah. But I ended up giving it to Freddie Simpson, who plays Ellen Sue. Mm-hmm. And she is... Basically, her plot line is that she was Miss Georgia, yes. and she's very beautiful, mm-hmm. but she's also really athletic. But she didn't really do anything other than that. Yeah. So I just gave it to her by default, just because like thinking back about this movie before we rewatched it, I, I kind of forgot she was even a character. Yeah. So I gave it to her by default because I thought everybody else did a really good job and added something to the team more than she did yeah it was a situation where it's everybody in this movie's quite decent yeah so it's like we're gonna give it to her because they didn't develop her character <laughs> more yeah. than anything i gave mine to david lander okay uh, much squiggy from Liberty and shirley and it was because you pointed it out he would look right into the camera sometimes i don't know why he was doing that i don't know either and it was just uh i'll be honest we're nitpicking yeah. It was hard to find bad actors in this movie. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So The little kid, I guess. <laughs> the best part is him standing there. He's like, you're going to lose. And Tom Hanks just throws a baseball mitt and hits him right in the face. It was hilarious. It was awesome. And then I just, I think the reaction of, uh, of Jimmy, too, because he just starts laughing. <laughs> He's like, ha! Because <laughs> he hit him in the face. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your Thomas J. Hanks Award to? I I gave it to Thomas J. Hanks. I did almost give it to Madonna. Oh, wow. Because she was really funny. I was blown away at her diving into bases. And then also when she was swing dancing, I was like, God, Madonna can do everything. Yeah. But I gave it to the namesake of our award. There's, he's got the iconic role of there's no crying in baseball. Yes. And also we talked about earlier when my friend signs cards to me, uh, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan, and I could, and the kid's just like, wow, <laughs> like that's his reaction. But also, and I forgot to mention this as one of the possible funniest moments, is he looks at the umpire and tells him, has anyone ever told you that you look like a penis with a little hat on? And he immediately gets ejected from the game. Yeah. And he's telling the umpire then immediately that he was misunderstood. No, no, no. You misunderstood me. He was so funny. And I don't agree with If you go to their Wikipedia, they list him as like the star of this movie and number one. And 
it's clearly Gina Davis as the star of this I would movie. say Gina Davis and Laurie Petty yeah. are, and then maybe he's third. My thing is, I did give it to him as well, and I wanted to give it to a female mm-hmm. character, but I just thought he had the funniest lines. He yeah. had the most, if you think about it, the most character development. Yes. Because he goes from not caring about these women at all mm-hmm. and being like a horrible drunk to somebody that's like, I'm going to turn down a job for the AAA, from the AAA to coach these women again. Yeah. He he definitely definitely has a lot of character growth, as you yeah. said. Yeah. And it, I guess if you think about it, it kind of sucks that in a movie that is supposed to be focused on women, he kind of steals the show a little mm-hmm. bit, but he is Thomas Hanks. He, Thomas J. Hanks. He is, but like we said, there really was no bad actors no. in it. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't even a slam dunk that he was the best. It, no. was, it was just good acting all around in this movie. Lori Petty's fantastic. Yeah. Tina Davis's was awesome. Madonna was great. Rosie O'Donnell, like, they, it's just a good movie. Lori Petty was definitely my runner's up. Because I thought the sibling rivalry it really is relatable and she cared more about the game than Dottie did. Yeah. And Dottie was just naturally better at it. Yeah. Like Kit had to work harder for it. Yeah, they didn't even want her for the league. Yeah. You know? And I think that also kind of hit home that it's like you have to work harder while you're sister is just naturally better at things yeah and i'm not saying that my brother is just naturally better at things and he didn't work hard but i'm saying like coming from a little sister perspective that's what it feels like at Mm -hmm. least i don't know sometimes i found Dottie annoying as a character just because she always wanted to convince herself that she didn't care about it yes even though she did yeah and she was just like i guess i'm gonna go have babies and then she did that which I guess cool, but it does kind of make you feel bad. Like that was her only two choices were to play baseball Mm -hmm. and, you know, do something with her talent or go have kids, you know? Yeah. She couldn't do both, which is not something a man has to deal with. It's a, makes you thankful for the time you've grown up, you've grown up in, but then at the same time, you're like, oh, and it's still, we've got a lot of growth for women nowadays. It's still a long ways to go. But if you think about it, and especially if, female sports Mm -hmm. like if they have a kid or an actress has a kid then they have to work harder to like get their bodies back and i'm using air quotes on that or get back into shape for doing whatever the job they have we we talked about we're obviously pro wrestling fans in this house and the top wrestler right now is becky lynch and she just had to she's stepping away from wrestling for a while because she's pregnant well yeah that's and (laughs) well and it's like I said to you, it's not a. She's in a unique situation. She, her fiance and the child's father is also a pro wrestler, so it's not going to be a time for, like, hey, you can watch the kid, and I'm going to go out on the road and be a pro wrestler. Like, yeah, it's still kind of shitty. Like, but it's it's to me, it's going to be like it's going to come to that choice where he can go off on the road while while she's still pregnant. And yeah, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't do anything for nine months and maybe even longer than that because I need to get back into, I guess, wrestling shape. Yep. But. And it was, we were actually watching Ali Wong today. And she was talking about that. Like, oh, you never see a female comic pregnant. She's like, you know, I'm a, I'm an anomaly in this. Yeah. She's like, guys will come out here. I just had a baby. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm out on the road. And yeah. she's like, you didn't have shit. 
<laughs> yeah, we've been watching clips of comedy because I feel like if we watch that before we start recording, we're in better moods. Yes. Maybe we're even funnier. Who knows? That and drinking. The verdict's still out on that. <laughs> and yes, a little Saturday night drinking, if you will. It's Sunday. Touche. Touche. Um, <laughs> Touche. Do you want to answer the question, does this movie hold up? Absolutely. Okay. I was pretty positive. I think I would say I was fairly positive it was going to hold up. But I think the part that actually surprised me more than anything was just how well the movie was made, how much good acting was in the movie. And you you had told me earlier that they didn't want Penny Marshall to direct this. Yeah. They, they didn't think of... A woman could direct this, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know their complete reasoning. It's just a trivia fact that I read that she that she was the first female director to have a movie earn over a hundred million dollars at the box offer office. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. Box offer. Um, but that was like after being told that they weren't considering considering her for the role. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this was made how many years ago? So it's just crazy to me. Yeah, almost thirty years ago. Yeah. Now. But yeah, it was just it was a really good movie. I I agree. It does hold up, and I enjoyed it, and I cried like a baby mm-hmm. at the emotional parts. I think like it had been more of a experience for you because this is a movie you watched with your mom growing yeah. up. Yeah. Whereas my introduction was my buddy signing my greeting cards this way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's where true. I got it from. So I yeah. cry literally at any movie. It's getting worse in my older age. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. That was another one for the books. Correct. Um, again, thank you for voting in last week's poll. This week, we're going to... Did we decide? Polly Shore. We're going to do Polly Shore. Polly Shore, guys. What is your movie going to be? I decided my pick is going to be Biodome. Okay. And what was your going to... Mine will be In the Army Now. Okay. I also, I, I just said... Push it <laughs> I didn't go with go? Son-in-Law. We might have to do two Polly Shore weeks. Oh, it's going to Separate. Happen. Yeah. Separate. Because I also was thinking Encino Man, but Biodome for sure. But we will have to space them out because we don't need to be walking around talking like Polly Shore. No. It's too much, man. So yeah, that will be up on Wednesday mm-hmm. on our Facebook and Twitter. Yes. And then on probably Friday on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Along with our Figure Friday post on Friday yes. over on Instagram. Yeah. Check it will be on out. our Instagram stories, the poll wheel. Yes. So if you want to be a part of the experience, a part of the podcast, mm-hmm. go do that. A couple of weeks ago, you you did this towards the end. And I was like, we should bring that back. You were like, what was something that I was looking forward to okay. for the week? So what's something you're looking forward to this week? I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to uh, this week marvel agents of shield comes oh, back yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah i'm excited about that as well excited we're starting to reopen our country so i'm hoping we're gonna get back to having movies and movie theaters yeah that's i'm true. not ready for it but i'm looking forward to that yeah whenever it comes about for sure yeah yeah i agree with the agents of shield by the way yeah so i guess that's the end so, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. Check out the bonus sode on Friday. Yes. Little goonies. And if you, again, sign up for the Runers Club, go to our website. There's a link. Mm-hmm. Just type in your email address, and oh. you will get that a, a link to that episode. 
Yes. On, on Friday. On Friday. As well as a link to our Shaun of the Dead episode, if you haven't heard that one. Yes. Which it was hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for listening, guys. And we will, uh, you'll hear us on Friday as well. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.